0: Oh, Is Rune Ortega, and in this episode, I'm just having a conversation about lore and related media for uh, Gods by Arcane Asylum. And joining with me, as always, is my co host Kate.
1: Hi, I'm Kate. A-
0: and our friends Jaden.
1: Yeah, hi, I'm here, guys.
0: And Jody. Hello. All right, well, how's it going, guys? Doing good.
1: Gods, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You shouldn't take anything that Cade says too seriously because the bias is very clear and very <laughs> the heavy. The bias is real. <laughs> I, You don't even need to listen to anything I say in the
2: review. You know by now. Love this mm-hmm. shit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, don't, don't actually go to the review. When it le- releases, don't listen to it. Just... just, <laughs> just well, you play. can. Just only listen to 75% of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um when Cade originally uh was deciding whether he wanted to run gods or not I was like why why wouldn't you like it's all you've been talking about for 2 years. It's
2: super <laughs> good and like it just got better from the demo.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is true. Uh yeah, no, let's uh let's get this underway. Uh who wants to go first talking about their lore or related media to gods?
1: I can. I mean, mine
2: go first. Oh. <laughs> uh, if you want to go first, <laughs> Jade, You can. <laughs> I
1: was going to say. I feel like mine still fits the loosest, so maybe I should just get it out of the sure. way the most. Sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I struggled with this. I have no watch list beyond the couple of things that we kind of discussed. I also thought Conan would have been a good choice and, like, a few other things. But I realized that, like, my dark fantasy, that, like, there's a lot of dark fantasy that's really magical in nature, right? Like, I could have done Labyrinth or something like that, but I'm like, that doesn't really catch the vibe of gods. It's more mystical than it is magical, in a sense. So, like, I think, yeah, something like Conan or your more... Down to Earth sword and Sorcery with a little bit of magic and you know, mysticism is way more the fit. So I went way off and decided I'm gonna do a horror movie and I'm gonna do pretty much the whole Hellraiser series.
0: Before you get to that, can I jump in on something you just said of like the mm-hmm. idea that dark fantasy is often related with magic? I-, I was also kind of musing on a similar topic over the last couple of days, and it was the idea that like the style of movie of Conan and like Beastmaster and all those things that came out at that mm-hmm. time is kind of gone these days and the ones that have come out, like the Conan remake, uh, John Carter of Mars, like didn't do very well. And I just wonder if because like we no longer glorify that type of like media and like type of like manliness, you know, like the idea like the the slavery and the womanizing and stuff like that. I don't know. It was just something that I was wondering Mm. about. I don't have a good answer because I don't I don't have answers to those things
1: that's fair yeah i'm not sure i'm sure there is probably a certain part to that i also think that they're just they weren't the most like in-depth stories which i don't think is an actual issue of gods i think they have a lot of depth and complexity in their own thing but those things were like pretty straightforward right here's the hero he's gonna do what he has to do save whoever and you know yeah maybe do some inappropriate stuff along the way But yeah, like I said, I went loose with Hellraiser. And also, I can't even speak to the whole series, because apparently there's ten movies now. I, like, maybe have seen the first three, and maybe the fourth one. If that, past that, I don't know if there's anything even worth watching. Let other people who care about the series tell you. But yeah, I think that it just fits... Um, again not with like maybe the super specifics of gods but it really fits into the I think the dark gory side and at the very least it would be good like just pre-watch this to put yourself into the mindset of like this darker world like this is a, maybe a little extra dark but not too dark and so you won't be surprised when you find little kids getting their fingers chopped off
2: <laughs> fair <laughs> Yeah. it's been a really yeah. long time since I watched Hellraiser I've seen the first one and that's it but it's been like probably 15 years
1: Yeah, they're good horror movies. I like them. I haven't watched a lot of them in a long time. I did rewatch the first one just because I was like, screw it. I've been, I've seen a ton of stuff. It's caught in like a whole new wind of like, um, media representation and just mostly like YouTube and stuff like that. A lot of film analysts have done it in the more recent years. Um, because they're just they're solid like they're they got a good lore. i think that's a big part of it too is they don't maybe share nearly as much as gods does in their lore but there is this like deep complex lore about this whole other group of people that are actually demons summoned from like a hell universe mm-hmm. um, there's a couple ways they get summoned and more or less when they pop up they have like a deal of either you send us souls or we're taking you to hell and if you go to their hell world you're tortured forever because they are demons in like the traditional sense of like, they want to torture you to the point that they love torture themselves in a certain sense, which a lot of things have made fun of. I think there was a recent Rick and Morty episode where they make fun of the whole Hellraiser idea and how like to them, like pain is pleasure, but To the people that get taken there, no, it's still just pain, right? They're, like, (laughs) hanging you up with hooks, they are flaying you, you know, all the different general types of torture they're hitting you with, and probably a lot more complicated ones than you've ever thought of. So if you want to really hit the dark side of gods, I think this is really good, right? There's some cultures that I briefly looked at that are like, oh, they're really heavy on the... Like dark side like these guys are easy to write as your evil guys and like maybe these guys you know you could take the Cenobites in a sense and be like yeah they're just people who really like torture and maybe are a little extra strong not so magical or mystical as the characters in Hellraiser or you could have them come from a hell world even I don't know I think it would fit into the gods be like yeah these people are breaking through and you know trying to take over the world that's a little outside of the gods world but that could be how you homebrew something right you add like a layer on top of the world but outside of that, like I said, it was it was loose. It's about some demons that get summoned into the world and they torture people. And it's scary. I don't want to say too much because they are like a fairly... I mean, they're old. So if you haven't seen them yet, I would hope that my little breakdown of the demons being summoned and then them running trouble on people and people trying to figure out their way out from getting captured by the demons is really the whole plot of like 90 percent of the you know movies I, I would assume i get a cat speak to the apparently six other ones that they crapped out when i don't know when but yeah i think it's just it's got that dark metal vibe and i think that if you really want to lean into that side of gods which i think you probably should because it's there waiting for you to do it and that's kind of the hallmark of this system in a sense of like this what it does for its original features and it kind of gears around that like darker thing you know deaths around the corner and it kind of fits into some highly mystical demons instead of just the traditional there's demons in hell, you die, you go there. Like these things are tied to like really interesting rule sets that I think a lot would fit into the concept of like gods with like they have specific beliefs that they follow. They're doing this for like very specific reasons. And you know, they're there to torture for not just for the sake of it, but also the love of it. And I think there's gotta be at least one group in gods that fits into that category. (laughs)
0: Well, and I was wondering, Cade, as our resident gods, um, I don't, I don't know, uh, archaeologist, mythologist. Ooh. I, don't, I don't know what you would be called, but uh, the guy with all, the, all the <laughs> lore. Uh, it, it, did they talk about you know uh, an antithesis to the gods, or did they just talk about that the gods could be, you know, morally ambiguous?
2: They're very much morally ambiguous. It's very much like it can be you know they can be there to help you or harm you um there's you know the old gods that have died and there's the new gods and it's very open-ended pantheon there's a god for
1: everything Hmm. yeah i guess you could use them as a reference for actually like building a god concept or something too which i don't know how that didn't even cross my mind because that's really what they probably the content would be most useful for in a gods game Mm -hmm. but that totally didn't even cross my mind that there's these mystical freaking time traveling dimension, hopping <laughs> demons that chop people up and torture them. That just seems like a God to me. Yeah. That's, that's...
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm just even thinking like, um, you know, with, um, with gods in the, the kind of genre that it is, uh, often you deal with cults, right? And the mm-hmm. cult mm-hmm. of the black sun mm-hmm. is the God's one. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking like, there could be not only people who worship these guys as like, these are their gods. Um, you could also have the opposite where people believe that worshipers of these are not tr- like, they're not true gods. Right. Even though mm-hmm. in yeah. the, in the mythology of gods, they would still fit that categorization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's great. Uh, I, I actually, you know what, Jaden, I, I know you said it was loose, but I see a lot of potential. <laughs> I that.
1: think it can work. there's just so much lore in gods it's almost hard to be like here's something that you can use in gods because like it is it's not like wholly original in every concept by any means but it does fit into its own like it's got its own thing going for it and so anything you're going to bolt on top of it you can probably only use so much of before you're like almost getting outside of playing gods like we said like with how intrinsically everything is tied together with lore and system
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely uh alright well uh yeah I'll go I'll go next here. Uh so I kind of like Jaden was uh, a little bit struggling of what were things that kind of interested me to take a look at. Uh not that this genre isn't particularly interesting to me. I actually think it is quite interesting. Uh but uh, there just wasn't a lot that was on my mind of like what am I gonna do? And so I remembered back to a book that I had read when it was first released, and it is the Thin Executioner uh, for by Darren Shan. Uh, if you're familiar with our Espresso episodes, you know that often we go into full spoilers. So if you haven't read this book, <laughs> I recommend you run out and do it. And Kate, if you need to leave because you own this book and haven't read it yet, uh, I'll, I'll tell you <laughs> when to come back. But uh, as essentially, it was released in uh, 2010 by Darren Shan, who people might remember. He wrote uh, the Cirque du Freak saga Mm -hmm. um, which was the Darren Shan saga Uh, later he also did what's called uh, Zom-B or Zombie and then he also did uh, the saga of Larton Krepsley Uh, however this was a book that was not a series it was a one off book uh, and I think it is quite possibly his best work and essentially, it is in a dark fantasy world with uh, low magic, and the society is described as being very uh, barbaric in nature, similar to gods, and besides the king the person with the most esteem the most respect in the nation is the executioner the king's executioner uh that's how much they you know love their their blood and violence and the main character is called jebel and he is the third son of the executioner and he is also very weak and very frail compared to his brothers who are going to duel to the death or uh, to to be the executioner after the father retires um And Jebel feels slighted by his father and uh, by being passed over for uh, the position of executioner. Because, again, it's one of the highest honors you could have. And so he goes on a quest in order to meet the fire god, uh, Saba'id, who is uh, in the holy mountain. And because it is told that the fire god will grant Questors uh, invincibility and long life if they are able to sacrifice a human, uh, in the volcano. And so he ends up taking along with him uh, a slave partner to sacrifice. Um, and in the end he makes choices and he is granted, uh, he has granted some powers. I, I don't. I feel like I, I don't want to ruin it for Cade because it's such a great story. Uh, but it, it, it ends in a way that I I would not have expected because the character is, um, in all sense of the genre, he's very dislikable for the entire book. He's whiny. He is. Um, seeking violence and he doesn't understand, um, you know, what he's doing is wrong. Like he's leading somebody to their death to be sacrificed. Um, and in the end, uh, it pulls at your heartstrings a little bit. Um, so, you know, what I really like about this source is the idea that it, it allows you to think of a character um, that you could still play in gods that might not be the obvious character. Like maybe you're not choosing somebody to be your power fantasy, your your next Conan. You're choosing somebody who, on the outside, appears to be weaker and uh, maybe have a harder time surviving. Um, and that's where the true story comes out. Um, we often talk about mm-hmm. on our show that the heroic death that turns out to be the greatest story, or even the characters who you didn't anticipate surviving, and yet they do, and because of that, they're celebrated. That's kind of what I see.
2: Yeah, I feel like I'm going to have to read this book soon. Uh, like I said, mm-hmm. it's sitting on my shelf. I haven't read it yet. but
3: The vibe sounds like it fits gods pretty perfectly. I would mm-hmm. play the uh, the executioner mm-hmm. people as a culture in a heartbeat.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there we go. We have our first summer content uh, culture (laughs) being developed there.
1: (laughs) Boom, boom. I mean, it definitely fits with the concept of gods of it sounds dense. Like, not in the stupid way, but in the, like, that's a lot. I don't know if I am particular. Like, it sounds like a good book, but I'm not not sure I can sit down for that book. Like, that sounds like that's going to take me a while to chug through. (laughs) Yeah, just it's, like how when I looked at gods, I was like, oh, 300 pages of lore, that's a lot. <laughs> if that's your thing, I, t- I think it's right. It sounds perfect, right? It sounds like you could gain a lot out of that, you know, for gods. It's just, I think it fits right in with it.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, going off of the Wikipedia page, it's 496 pages, which is okay, uh, for crazy. I feel like it's a good size for a one-off. It that's is a, a young adult one-off. book, too, so it's not particularly difficult to read. Mm.
1: Um, yeah, just, I guess I mean dense, not in the complexity, but dense in the sense of like I'm gonna be reading a lot of names of gods that I'm gonna hear once. I'm gonna so, be so, talking yeah, to so, characters. Yeah, so, so get <laughs> yeah, like like this is this is gonna be mostly background, and then ten minutes of them actually fighting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and
0: the and the names that you don't actually read in your head because you're not sure how to pronounce them, and you just mm-hmm,
1: skip over mm-hmm. them? Yeah. this is yeah, yeah. what this you question like, and then <laughs> like where did they get this idea, or did they just let's put some <laughs> syllables together? we will call it a name no one can tell me it isn't (laughs) this isn't gonna be Uh, a movie (laughs) i I wish this was a movie this is yeah and same thing it has cults it
0: has uh you know lots of monsters and things like it has everything Mm -hmm. uh interestingly enough the wikipedia article that i'm looking at uh also describes that he was uh darren shan uh or darren sean however you pronounce it i think it's sean because his actual name is darren o'shaughnessy he's a playwright Mm -hmm. as well um It, he apparently uh, was inspired by Huckleberry Finn, as well as something I haven't read. It. It's a Philip Pullman novel. He wrote The Golden Compass. Oh, yeah. It's called The Firemaker's Daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as, and I find this interesting because this is the vibe I got: Middle Eastern influences. Mm. So, uh, yeah. Well, and uh, yeah, with that, that's that's my source. But, I unless you guys have anything else, uh, my mug's looking a little empty, so I think it's time for a refill. Hey, Table Hell Players, it's Ruin here. We're just taking a quick coffee refill. And as we do that, we wanted to talk to you about some of the exciting possibilities that we have here in the Natural 20 Cafe. Join with me to do that is my co-host Cade.
2: Hey, I'm still Cade. Uh, From the beginning and now Uh, We have some really awesome things That we would love for you to be aware of First of all, we have our Patreon If you like the show and would like to support us more While getting some extra goodies along the way Please consider checking us out on Patreon At Cantrips and Coffee uh, For a couple of bucks, you can support us While also getting some amazing bonuses Like our exclusive Discord Some extra special Side podcasts that aren't released anywhere else As well as uncut episodes Of this show you're listening to right now Now, we're even funnier if you don't filter us. You can also join us on all
0: forms of social media. We are most active on Instagram and TikTok. And uh, yeah, we like to think we're funny and post funny things there. And so uh, join in on the conversation. And who knows, maybe look forward to a contest or something that we throw at you once in a while. But uh, with that, I think those beans are being done brewing. And we're going to get back into the episode. All right. Well, we're back in highly caffeinated.
3: Alright, so mine, I didn't even actually pick for the espresso at first. I was just re-watching it for my own personal enjoyment, and then it kind of like clicked to me. I was like, mm. this could be a really fun scenario. So it's a docudrama series on Netflix called Rise of Empire Ottoman, and the first mm. season is about uh, Ottoman Sultan Mehmed II uh, besieging Constantinople, conquering it, and ending the Roman Byzantine Empire and turning it into uh, Istanbul. And like, It's like part documentary talking to historians and stuff, and part like dramatic recreation with like amazing acting and special effects and combat sequences and everything. It is a very like, uh, is it by the same people who did Rome or the the Rasputin one? I'm not sure, it could be, but it's (laughs) like really well done, and it does it uh, somehow is very neutral in portraying both sides of the whole thing. It like neither side are villains or heroes. Both sides have villains and heroes. And it's just a, I feel like that would work as an awesome setting to make a God's campaign in because like this, Mm -hmm. this scenario is already kind of like a clash of faiths and a clash of Mm -hmm. cultures. And it's a high stakes, extremely brutal, gritty, war to the death one side has a prophecy that they were going to take this city someday and are willing to commit everything to it the others know that if they lose their their empire is dead forever the stakes are extremely high you could fantasy this up and make it as a very compelling scenario to play from Mm -hmm. either side honestly i was originally thinking it would be the most fun to play from the side of like the conquering army that had a prophecy to take this city like you could have the players create a god that had this prophecy and put some lore to Mm -hmm. it and it could be very fun but then i was also thinking it could be almost as fun to play the besieged side as well yeah because you could Mm -hmm. have like setting up defenses on the walls and trying to make uh alliances with surrounding like cultures and stuff to come to your aid and have Mm -hmm. big combat siege sequences I think adding some fantasy flair to it would be really cool. I think it fits with gods because like it said, it's, it's a clash of faiths to begin with, uh, in real life. And you could extrapolate that into a fantasy setting pretty well. And using the, sh- the show as inspiration would be a good place to start. Cause there's some really heroic characters on both sides that you could use as like rallying NPCs for the journey. And yeah, mm-hmm. I just. I really enjoyed it anyways, and I also was just thinking that, that this whole setting of the siege of Constantinople could be a very cool launching point for a campaign in Gods.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That does sound super I, cool. Yeah, I really like that idea of like the moral ambiguity of politics. You know, like of which side actually is the victor. Really? And I think that's a fairly <coughs> modern idea is to interpret that like yeah there's no real Victor you know like the victor writes the history books kind of yeah. idea mm-hmm. like um
3: yeah go ahead this show was was uh, made by a, a Turkish director and and crew mm-hmm. um, and so like you know it, it could be could have been framed as like a like a glorious crusade yeah. for them but it they they really give a lot of like heroic footing to the defenders as well and they like in the interviews and in the framing of the drama parts, it's very much not necessarily, it's not tackling it from a good and bad perspective at all. It's very much like a historical neutral perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of tabletop systems really try to
0: motivate that idea that like, you're the heroes, you're the ones of of righteousness a lot of times, right? Like, obviously we have our bad campaigns and stuff like that, but I think generally most people try to adopt the good persona. Um, Mm -hmm. but like, If you could, or at least one side or the other, right? Like, um, but if you, as the DM, like built it up so, like, your players thought they were doing the right thing, only to, like, have the hat drop and they're faced with a dilemma of, like, oh no, like, we're kind of in the wrong here, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. whether it's been like we were uh, patriotic to the wrong country or it was, uh, we were fed the wrong information or something, like, that would be such a powerful moment.
3: Mm -hmm. that could be interesting in a god's like setting too where like you were manipulated by the deity you worship and you didn't realize it until a certain point and now you have to either like come to some kind of compromise or Mm -hmm. choose to defect or like like, it could go anyway Uh, almost like a a horlock
2: kind of relationship where like the god gave you these powers but like you had to pay some awful price and you didn't realize it like you got a raw deal yeah
0: yeah, I was thinking uh, Final Fantasy 4 like the real Final Fantasy 4 uh, angle where like your character switches classes or in this case switches shards halfway through because mm. they choose a
2: different path that would be mm-hmm. cool mm-hmm. yeah I like it Yeah, or even just like obtains two shards like essentially multi-classes but is torn mm. between two different deities right and like having to balance that like, yeah. Their, their oh, tenants are he's different. It's just black
0: suit Spider Man?
1: Yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's cool i just also quickly want to say i love the idea of a siege campaign like i don't think i would want to run it for years but like mm-hmm. a good like three to four months we're going to have a lot of different things because it seems like oh you're just going to do the same thing every day but it's like no like one day your mission will be fighting off a skirmish or a new incursion of an attack of a new thing they're going to try the next day you're going to ride out on a charge and take out one of their siege weapons because it's really been impacting us mm-hmm. and then the next day you're maybe handling the people doing some you know more role play stuff and then you could also have like you got to sneak out you got to resupply get our supply lines yeah. back online they've taken those out like yeah. you could do a lot of missions all within the conflict finds of being like the leaders of a mm-hmm. siege defense or, um, or the other side too but i even, like the defending side i think that sounds cool even like in so in my last
2: home game i had an entire session where like okay you guys are, are setting up your own like encampment make a map and that and like brought out paper and that was the whole session was them making a map for that you like bring up popsicle sticks like all right guys make a trebuchet we're going grade seven <laughs> science class. <laughs> Just,
0: uh, it reminds me of in uh, as Vihander where they had that one village and I can't remember what it's called, but the village and they had been reinforcing themselves uh, against mm-hmm. the, the orc raiding rating part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and one of the actual options for that scenario that they wrote in was if the players had come back and they were not aligned with the orcs, like you guys were at the end, uh, You could actually help reinforce the town against the attack Mm. ahead of time. Yeah, I like that. Mm. I think that's a great, great uh, resource. Um, And if it's similar to the one on Rome, uh, that one's uh, and the one on Rasputin, like it's so good. Yeah, I haven't
3: seen the Rasputin one, but I've definitely watched the the Rome one as well. And there's a second season to this Ottoman Empire one that's not nearly as grand in scale as taking down Constantinople. But it's the true life story of, like, Wallachia and Vlad Dracula and the the combat with the Ottoman Empire and when that country got wiped off and became a vassal state. And at first I was like, this is going to be cheesy. But, dude, I watched it all in, like, (laughs) a night and a half. It was six (laughs) episodes. And it's, like, so good.
0: You need to send a link because you're. you're yeah, it's on oh, Netflix. You're, you're calling me, yeah. man. Like, that's, yeah, it's very a, interesting. Bram Stoker's Dracula being my second favorite book. That is something <laughs> I would be totally into.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I'll go. I'll bring us all together. Uh, so for my my last or, for my submission, I can't talk. Gods is great. I'm really excited. the Midnight Society. (laughs) Uh, So, for my submission, uh, I watched the 2022 film The Northmen, um, and it was fantastic. Um, It has a pretty star-studded cast. Um, Alexander Skarsgård? Skarsgård? Yeah, Skarsgård, however you say his name. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, Nicole Kidman, Willem Dafoe, Ethan Hawke, um, are all in this movie. It's fantastic. Um, It is heavily Norse-inspired. It follows a prince of a viking um, nation whose father is killed by his uncle um, and he it's I know there's a little I, Lion King Hamlet yeah 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 but it's like, I mean really, <laughs> so, uh, Lion King is just Hamlet with lions it is yeah but mm-hmm. if not everyone died in the end um, so yeah he <laughs> goes off um, it is definitely Hamlet inspired uh, he <laughs> has to flee as a child um, to, to escape like this this siege Um, goes back and has, like, sworn vengeance against his, um, his uncle... And, and is brought in as, like, a slave, uh, and, as, like, hiding as a slave to try to get close to him and wages, like, psychological warfare on him through, like, um, employing, like, the gods by, like, poisoning their food so they all hallucinate, mm-hmm. uh, by killing people in the night and, like, displaying their bodies and stuff. It's super brutal and grotesque. But, yeah. You see someone's intention, like, intestines spill out. You see a horse that is made out of human bodies on the side of a wall um nice. two two horses lose their heads um a lot of people die a lot a lot of people die <laughs> um but it also but has like a does low he,
0: does he have the mouse trap or the murder of gonzago as a play for his uncle to watch
2: no he i'm not going to spoil what happens in the end but no <laughs> uh <laughs> um, Damn it but yeah it's like it's got that low magic feel in it where like there is magic but it comes from gods and like it's very ambiguous whether or not it's just in his head or if it's actually happening Mm -hmm. um so like odin appears when he's like captured and beaten and like almost dead and like he pleads for like the odin to send valkyries to bring him to valheim um and like ravens come in and peck at the ropes that he's being hung up from and he falls down and like is that like odin or is it actually whatever he gets like a sword from like a tomb and it's supposed to be part of like a prophecy that he has had read for him but you're not sure if he's fulfilling the prophecy or if actually fate and the gods are intervening um it's super 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 good uh i just finished watching it today like i said very brutal a lot of it takes place at night um but it has a lot of the same kind of vibe that i get from gods where again it's a brutal world and you kind of got to make your way in it and like vengeance and like the gods are around pulling the strings but only
3: maybe um
2: It's cool. Mm -hmm. I really,
3: really liked
2: it. And I think everyone should
3: watch it. Yeah. And you could translate it pretty well to the God's universe by just taking those, like, instead of the hallucinations, you're actually summoning the power of the gods against them. Yeah.
0: Or Uh or are you? Because, again, maybe your God is deceiving you. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Or, you know, like there wasn't anything in the system that made, I guess, okay, actually there is some stuff that was like, yeah, there's somewhat God magic going on. I could look in someone's eyes and see the last thing that they saw before they died. That doesn't seem like it's just like, did I actually see that or did, you know, Was my God real or am I just hallucinating? But that would be a fun way to play gods is like you don't actually know that these gods exist or not and you think you get their power like yes you have this shard and you think it makes you stronger so you're able to cut things way better with it or you're able to do your thing but is it actually doing that or are you just really skilled and you're giving too much credit to your god or yeah. other things like that
0: your shard is actually an early form of lsd
1: yeah or just placebo <laughs> effect this is the hardcore placebo that's ever been yeah um, it sounds great. Uh, that's That cast sounds amazing. It's also, stellar. Ethan
0: Hawke mm-hmm. is having like a revival or something. Ethan
2: Hawke is so good, and he killed it in Moon Knight. <laughs> um, and also, Anya Taylor Joy is quickly becoming my favorite actress. She's fantastic. She's, mm-hmm. Yeah, she is fantastic. I'll watch
0: anything uh, with Willem
2: Dafoe in it.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's like yeah. the only actor metric I have is that if Willem Dafoe is in it, I absolutely have to yeah. watch it because he has never been in a movie that I did not enjoy. Yeah. He plays a
2: fool who's kind of like a witch doctor and like reads mm. like prophecies and stuff, and then a severed head. Uh, he plays nice. both. It's pretty sick. All right.
1: <laughs> I'm into well, it.
2: And, uh,. I
0: mean, the whole Skarsgård family of actors yeah. is like really talented. Like um, Alexander Skarsgård, I believe, was in the one he was in the, the True Blood series. Yes, um, which was good for a time until it wasn't good. Um, but his brother plays he's Pennywise it. the Clown, yeah. Yeah. and his da- their dad is like a huge actor as well. Like just a talented hey. family. So yeah, their dad
2: fantastic. was in oh, yeah, I know he's in the Thor movies, but uh, he's also in seven, is it Goodwill seven.
1: Hunting. Yeah, he also did Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. He's Um in that. And then also he's one of my favorite characters in Chernobyl, which is something I think everyone should yeah, watch. It see, is such yeah. a good show. Watch. Yeah, he he, he won uh, an award for it actually. One of the scenes he did in it won like an award. He has like this really emotional scene where he it's kind of like he's one of the guys that helped solve the problem to the best of what they solved it. But even then he was like, like I've sent a lot of people to their deaths just to fix this problem because that's how it had to be handled with the stuff that they had. And so it's, it's like he has some top tier acting skills. Yeah. That series
3: hasn't been out for very long. And I think I've rewatched it like almost twice a year since it came out. Yeah. I watched it three
1: or four times. It's, it's great. Oh, it's so good. Um, yeah in terms
0: of this uh, story I for me I, I really like the idea of like can we trust the gods and gods mm. like and I would mm-hmm. I would think it'd be so cool to have a character who didn't know that one of their artifacts was a shard and like just believed in like the stories their mother told them or something like that yeah. um, but meanwhile mm-hmm. they're being like manipulated by their god but anything that they perceive might be what others would see as a god they like scoff at or something like that um that whole idea of like Mm -hmm. what is real and and what is um a hallucination is is a really cool idea to put in
1: and don't walk too far past the part of horses made of bodies and horses heads getting chopped off like that fits right up into the god's world if you ask me like i said lean into the brutality because why aren't you like this system is is not meant for it you could do other things with it but I think that why wouldn't you do the thing that they're clearly gearing towards which is the dark relatively gritty and a little grotesque
0: you know it's funny we've, we've collaborated with a, a lot of people on our show. And um, we often have the, the talks about uh, the, the lines and veils and, you know, what are people not comfortable? There are so many things in Gods that I, people have said, <laughs> like, hey, I don't want to play with that. And I'm like, okay. Uh, so I would never – I would. there would be a lot of people that we could not invite back onto our show uh, to play Gods based off of that. Or we would have yeah. to make sure those things aren't in it.
2: Yeah. Also, yeah. Uh, one other actor that I forgot is in it. And it's, it's not a good actor. It's just funny. Uh, <laughs> York is in this. Uh, <laughs> oh what is there ninety nine Luftballons Balloons? That's not Bjork.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> not is Bjork. that Bjork? No. <laughs> no.
2: Bjork. Bjork. Uh how do you describe Bjork? Bjork I, I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> Bjork is the Yoko Ono of a generation. Uh,
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> what am I Bjork? thinking
2: of? 99 Luftballons balloons, but it's not Bjork.
1: Um, Who's that? I can't think of I can't remember who that is. Oh, well, Nena, Nena, Nina, Nina. Um, okay, nana, well
0: that's just, uh, you know nina. what I. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say something, and I, I, I promise it's not an excuse of just my inadequacy with that song. But uh, I'm pretty sure the version I downloaded on LimeWire back in the day yeah, credited
2: it to Bjork. Right. Probably. I do think you're right. One of the most early 2000s things that I can say is that I was downloading uh, Simple Plan songs on LimeWire, and one of them was actually almost by uh, Bowling for Soup, and I just thought that Simple Plan had the other people (laughs) sing it, uh, because I was young and didn't know any better. Uh, yeah, I definitely tried to download a... Uh, uh, it was
0: a Linkin Park. It was uh, their brand new song off of Mints to Midnight that they did for Transformers. Oh, yeah. Uh, what, I've done, what I've done. Yeah, and I definitely got uh, a Tribal Ink song that for nice. like a year I was like, it doesn't really sound like them, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, with that, this has been our lore and related media episode for Gods by Arcane Asylum. If you can't tell, even though our review's out, are not out by now. Uh, we're excited for the system, so check out these uh, resources. Check out that system, and uh, with that, though, my mug is empty, and that means it's time to go. <laughs>